0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au. If you have your Bibles? Please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 amen Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 just a couple of verses it says this get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice just in case I missed any out along with every form of malice just in case well it's not on the list that means I can do it no you can't instead be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you let's pray Father I just thank You for Your Word and I thank You that Your Spirit is here so guide and lead us by Your Spirit today, just as we dive into this word, we know that they're just words on a page, but we know that those words can jump out and speak into our hearts and the deepest part of our soul, our spirit. That's our prayer today. We haven't come to listen to a person, we've come to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So come sweet spirit and speak to us. Father, let there be nothing in me that hinders this word. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak the word today, I pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So this is the final message in a series entitled Freedom that we began a few weeks ago. If you haven't been with us in the last few weeks in this series, we've been looking at the reality that in life, all of us experience wounds, all of us experience hurts, struggles, difficulties. If you haven't had any yet, they're on their way. Praise the Lord in Jesus' name all of us experience some challenges in life and and it's life we live in a fallen world the, the devil is a real devil he's out to kill steal and destroy and uh, he's a he's a he's a strategist and uh, he's creative he comes up with all kinds of, of strategies to try to bring us down but the word of God also says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world can I can I hear an amen to that so these negative experiences can affect us deeply they can affect how we think how we feel our relationships relationships they can affect how we view the world uh, some of these situations are like wearing sunglasses and and the sunglasses are blue and all you see is blue no matter where you go whether it's at work at home or whatever all you see is blue the, your, your perception of the world is is influenced by some of the experiences that you've had in life some people are just negative all they see is negativity doesn't matter what's happening in their life, doesn't matter, you know, you can talk to two people, one, one sees all positivity, the other person just sees negative, oh, that's bad. Uh, it's raining, oh, rain is terrible, I hate the rain. Sunshine, oh, we need the rain, you know. I mean, it's just always negative, it's always bad, it's gonna, some people, for them, the whole world is blue, other people are positive. Uh, and how, do, how does that happen? It happens because of the circumstances, the situations that we have experienced in life. Good news is that one of the reasons why Jesus came was to set us free. In fact, key verse for the series is Jesus' words, then you will know the truth. Everybody say truth, truth, and the truth will set you free. So many of us can be saved and yet still be bound by, by issues of the past. And Jesus is saying, when you know the truth, come to understand the truth about who you are, about who God is. That truth is going to bring freedom into your life. Enemy wants to keep us bound by his lies. That's the stronghold. That's what a stronghold is. A stronghold is a, is a lie. It's, it's, a, it's a habit pattern in our mind. And, 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 and usually at the core of a stronghold is a lie. It's a half truth that is keeping us bound. And Jesus says, and then you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Let me give you an, a, a bad example of this that I experienced in the last couple of weeks. It is a bad example. So I'm warning you ahead of time, but it kind of illustrates the issue here. Um, this week, I had an issue with, with, one, with my roller door at home. Well, I haven't had an issue this week. It's been a few weeks now. Um, go in the garage, see the roller door and it's grinding. It's like this, you know, um, um, and, and and I'm thinking, There's something wrong with this roller door. I mean, it does make some squeaks and bumps and all the rest of it, but it's grinding. And uh, we're concerned about it. So, you know, I'm Mr Fix It, so I know how to fix problems, you know what I mean? So I start looking. I start looking at what could be the problem. I start to investigate, you know. Everything looks like it's in order. Everything's straight. Everything's in order. No obvious issues. So then I call the roller door doctor uh, because, uh, uh, you know, just get someone out to come and have a look. It's definitely an issue. It doesn't sound good. And uh, so I get them in. I get this guy in. Beautiful guy. He's been, been at home before. Uh, and um, uh, so he he just comes in. He says, put the roller door down. Put the roller door back up. And he goes, not even three minutes was there. And he says... Uh, well, the problem is your rollers are not greased. They've run out of grease. He says uh, when, they, um, when, they, uh, when, they, when they make the roller door, they grease the rollers and those rollers last maybe 10, 15 years. And after that, the grease dries up. And he says all you need to do, shove some grease in there and, uh, and uh, it'll, it'll fix the problem. Sure enough, goes out to his van, brings a tub of grease, spends the next 15 minutes shoving grease in all the rollers and now the roller door, beautiful. <laughs> Squeaking clean, another 15 years. I know it's a bad example. Everybody just turn around and say, that was hopeless. That was terrible. That was a terrible example. But here's here's the reality. We often have an issue, a problem, a struggle. Don't know how to fix it. Don't know what to do. I, I can tell you what the problem is exactly. Problem is A, B, C and D. I can identify the problem, but I don't know what to do. And what we need in those situations is a word of truth. Because then you, when you know the truth, it's going to set you free. And the good news is the Bible says, Jesus said, but when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He's going to lead you into truth. So we have an issue that I don't know how to resolve, but we have a Holy Spirit who's going to lead us into truth and that truth is going to bring freedom in our hearts and in our lives. If you have a long-standing issue with bitterness, unforgiveness, talked about addictions, insecurity, fear, anxiety. Whatever. What we need in those situations is a word of truth. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does, He guides us into truth. He guides us into truth. He starts to walk into some of those areas in our life that we don't want anyone to walk into. And He brings freedom in our hearts. What I want to look at today is how to deal with another really easy issue, anger, (laughs) really easy. All of us from time to time will get angry. Anger is an emotion we all experience. Research shows that the average man loses his temper six times a week. It's a lot, man. (laughs) Average woman, on the other hand, gets angry. I want to just turn to the person next to you. Just, just, just give it a shot. Get some stats. Come on, let's just, just, let's just uh, yeah, get a, Give it a shot. Come on, <laughs> guys, be careful. Our right? husbands in particular. All right. The average woman on the other hand gets angry three times a week because women are calmer. Come on, guys. You were expecting worse. You no, know, women are calm. They're just gentle, beautiful, for goodness sake. Uh, all of us experience bouts of anger. You know, we recognise it. We, we know what happened. We know we lost it. We, we apologise. Uh, we, we, we get it all together. And usually everything's fine. But for some people, listen carefully, anger's a major issue. When they get angry, They explode. They do things they later regret. Just listen to the news, which I don't do very often anymore. Just happened to be watching it yesterday and I saw another consequence of anger and rage in a family. People that have an issue with anger say things they wish they never said. It affects the people closest to them. Anger is not just a passing emotion. It's a major issue. Bible has so much to say about anger. This is what it says. It says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. It's refrain from anger. Don't give access to anger. Don't, don't give room to anger and turn from wrath. It only leads to evil. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. when your heart overflows with understanding, you'll be very slow to get angry. I love that. When your heart flows with understanding, you will be, you will be very slow to get angry. When your understanding is a powerful, uh, a, a powerful thing to have, it's wisdom and understanding. It's insight. When you have insight about a person, about a situation, it's gonna stop you from getting angry. But if you have a quick temper, your impatience will be quickly seen by all. And you're going to make a fool of yourself. Proverbs 22:24. 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. That's an interesting scripture, isn't it? I'm going to come back to this in a minute, but, but you know, for some people, there's an issue with anger. We're going to talk about that. But for some, it's just learned behaviour. It's learned. My great-grandfather was an angry man. And my grandfather was an angry man. And my father was an angry, well, my mother was an angry person. You know, it's generations. And you know what they do in every generation? They sit down with the next generation. At some point, they have this chat. You know, it's a special chat that they have with the next generation. They say, listen, we come from a long line of angry people. <laughs> and it's really important that you also be angry. And I'm going to teach you how to be angry, all right? We don't want any of this sloppy understanding, love stuff. No, no, no. You've got to be angry. You've got to do it quickly. Is that, is that? Is that how it happens? It doesn't happen. And yet sometimes you'll see this in generations, not just this, you'll see a lot of things in generations. Here it is here. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. So whatever's learned can be unlearned by the grace of God. For ruler's anger rises against you, Ecclesiastes ten four. Do not leave your post. Calmness can lay great offences to rest. I love this. What it's saying is don't react, learn to respond. If a ruler's anger, if your boss rises against you, do not leave your post, don't, don't react. Don't stress, don't, everything inside of you wants to do something, don't do it. Calmness can lay great offences to rest. Settle. Can I hear an amen today? Mm, it's be quiet in the congregation. So the question is, how do we deal with anger? Well, there's generally two ways that people deal with anger. There's the exploders. (laughs) They're beautiful. (laughs) And then there's the repressors. I don't know which is worse. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But the repressors, they're the ones that are specialists at the silent treatment. Stonewalling. They can go days and not say a word. I reckon that kills more than the other one. At least you know with the other one, what you got, well, whatever, within reason. Both of these ways are destructive. Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. We know the scripture. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. What Paul is saying here is anger is not necessarily a sin, but it can, be, it can lead to sin. It's not the anger, it's what you do with it that can make it sinful. And there is a way to express and deal with anger that doesn't lead to sin. And then do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. You can take that literally if you want. Some couples have said, we're not going to bed until we solve this day and slept for months, you know. <laughs> Three months, we're still we're getting closer, you know. Uh, what it's saying here is deal with it quickly. The quicker you deal with it, the better it is. So what I want to do this morning is I want to unpack this whole subject of anger a little further. And what I want to do is just share some thoughts, really, on this whole subject. And I pray that God is going to speak to us. And through this, we, we might experience some freedom by His grace and for His glory. Uh, first of all, if we're going to uh, deal with anger, we need to understand that anger reveals what's in the heart. Just like we have a physical heart, we also have an emotional heart and a spiritual heart. The Bible refers to the heart as being the centre of who we are, the deepest part of our lives. It's the most important part of who we are. It's, it's our character. It's, it's a heart is the deepest part of who you are. You know, when it comes to looking at people or, or understanding people, what I always look for is what is their heart like? Um, and we say things like, oh, they have a good heart. What we're saying is, at their core, um, they're good people. And we can see our physical heart, but we can't always see our emotional heart. We can't see, we can, we can know, we can hear, hear the beat of our heart, but we, we can't see our emotional heart, our spiritual heart. So how do we know what our heart is like? Well, the Bible gives us some insight into how we can know what our heart is like. It gives us a few signs as to what our heart is like. Jesus said, for example, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna see what your heart is like. Just look at how you spend your money. Your wallet and your heart are very close together. Um. There are some other ways that we can know what our heart is like. We can look at how we think. You think about what's in your heart. Your, your, your thinking is a reflection of what is in the heart. What do you spend most of your time thinking about? Because that's a reflection of what's happening in the heart. Um, where we spend our time is another one. Uh, what do you spend most of your time in? Because what you give importance to is a reflection of what's in your heart also the way we speak Jesus said that in fact Jesus if out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks uh, what we say is a reflection of what is in our hearts now another way that you can know what's in your heart I believe is look at what you get angry at Let me give you some examples of this in Scripture. Uh, I shared with this a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago. One day Jesus went to the temple. He saw the people profiteering from the poor, selling animals at the temple, money changes. So he overthrows the tables. Meek and mild Jesus, blue-eyed Jesus. He comes into the temple. He overthrows the tables. He gets a whip out, says the Bible. And he tells them to leave the temple. For my house shall be called a house of prayer. And you've made it into a den of thieves. Now Jesus didn't turn over the tables because he had an issue with anger. He wasn't having a bad day. It wasn't just, you know, he he came into the temple, he just had one of those moments, you know. You know, most Europeans have those moments. Come on. (laughs) Come on. He, He just didn't have one of those. His anger revealed his heart. His anger revealed what was inside of his heart and what was inside of his heart was his love for the temple. More than his love for the temple, his love for the people in the temple. And the fact that they were being taken advantage broke his heart and that caused him to get anger, angry and to respond. On another occasion, Jesus heals a woman that had been crippled for 18 years. Imagine this, a woman who's crippled for 18 years, Jesus heals her miraculously. Notice the reaction of the Pharisees indignant, seething because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. The synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not the Sabbath. Can you believe it? Uh, Would you like a healing? Yes, I'm sorry. It's the Sabbath. Can you come back tomorrow? (laughs) Why were they angry? They were angry because he was healing on the Sabbath. They were losing control. And they knew it. And the anger revealed what was in their heart. So often we see anger as a negative issue and so we should. Anger's not something we want to entertain. We need to address it. But as I thought about this, I thought anger is one of those emotions. You know, usually we look at anger, we go, oh, I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with this. Just let's do a timeout. Uh, As I, I thought, Anger is one of those emotions that reveals what's in our heart. If you want to know what's in your heart, just look at what you get angry at. I think when we experience rage, we, we need to first deal with the, you know, the collateral damage, apologise to whoever we need to, clean up the mess. We need to deal with that and deal with it quickly. But then rather than just beat ourselves up, Put ourselves down again. Say, there you go again. You hothead, you loser. R- rather, rather than respond that way, we need to stop and ask ourselves, what's going on? What's going on? Anger is an important emotion because it's a, it's a window into our heart. It's a window into our heart. When you explore the anger, you get to know what's inside of the heart. It's, think about it. It's like a window. If you want to know what's in your heart, go to one of the windows because through the window, you'll see what's inside of the heart. It's a window. The window's called anger. There are other windows. I said before your thought, um, joy can be another anger. What makes you happy is another window to the heart. Do you get really happy when your enemies, something bad happens to your enemies? You know, <laughs> ripper. That makes me, huh? And that kind of shows you what's inside of the heart. What makes you happy? What makes you afraid? Shows you, is a window into what's happening. Anger is a window into the heart. If you want to know what's inside of your heart, just look at what you get angry at. It helps you to explore that one. So this brings us to the, to, the, to the next principle. If we're going to deal with the anger, we need to talk to the anger. It's a bit weird psalmist david would often talk to himself so if you talk to yourself you're in good company david psalm 43 says why are you downcast all my soul why so dis- disturbed within me put your hope in god for i shall yet praise him the help of my countenance and my god why are you it's david talking to himself he's saying why are you downcast? why are you depressed all my soul put your hope in god for i will yet praise him my, my savior and my god david is speaking to himself and he's saying well it's what, what's going on? And just as David talked to his soul, at times I believe, we need to talk to the anger and say, why are you angry, oh my soul? What's the matter? Why are you so upset? If our challenge is anger and rage, we need to stop and ask ourselves, what's, what's the matter, what's happening? Best picture of anger is young children getting angry. Um, when a young child gets angry, they're beautiful. They just lose it, you know what I mean? They're screaming and hollering arms waving, you know, um, express the emotion beautifully. They don't hold anything back. They just lose it and they go everywhere. And um, some adults are still a bit like that. But anyway, that's another story. Um, And if you're a parent and you see your child lose it, there's different ways you can respond. You can get angry. Don't get angry, which is not a good thing. But um, you don't don't necessarily get angry with the child. What 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 should happen as a parent is you pull them aside, you come down to their level eye to eye, and you say, what's the matter? What's the matter? What's happening? You were playing before. What's happened? If we have an issue with anger and rage, we need to stop, we need to find a quiet place and say to ourselves, without judgment, what's the matter? What's going on? I've said before, I like to see anger as the red light on the dashboard of a car. When the light goes off, usually it means there's something wrong with the car. It's a warning. You better, do, you better deal with this because something is wrong in the engine. And what generally happens when we get angry is we blame whatever triggered the anger. We usually blame, you know, the car that cut us off, the colleague at work, the waiter, the government, the boss, blah, 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 blah. We usually get angry with whoever it is that triggered the anger. It's like saying when we see the red light flashing on the, on the car, we say, well, I need to change the globe. There's something wrong with the globe, you know. Uh, the wiring, there's something wrong with the wiring in the red light of the car. No, the problem is not the globe. The light is an indication that there's something wrong with the engine. And so if we deal with the, with the engine, we'll fix the light. And to me, anger's a bit like that. Anger's an indication that there's something not quite right inside of my heart. We're Christians, we love God. If you love God, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Inside of your heart, you wanna be like Jesus. You wanna serve the purposes of God. You, You wanna be more and more like Jesus every single day. And then occasionally there's these explosions. And as you look at yourself, you go, what is that? You don't wanna be like that. Paul says, I, I see, you know, there's a, there, I, I want to please God, but there's something else going on. Uh, and, 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 and the greatest thing that we can do is rather than the enemy, I oh, look at you, look how bad you are. He wants to put us down. He wants to, he wants to you know, come, come against us, accuse us and judge us. Rather than fall into that trap, we need to stop and say, what's happening? Because if we ignore the red light, it can potentially cause some damage to our life and others around us. In an average situation, you can identify the words that you've been spoken, the things that have been done, talk about it, anger's dealt with. In those angry moments, men six times a week, for goodness sake, six times, (laughs) I didn't know it was that much. But they're usually easy to deal with. I know what happened, I said that, I shouldn't have said that, and by God's grace, it gets five, four, three, you know, two. (laughs) Um, But when there's a pattern of anger We need to stop and ask ourselves, who are we really angry with? What's really going on here? It's a great question to ask. Because it's not the guy that cut you off. It's not the dog or the cat, your wife or your husband. It's not the boss. It's not COVID. It's something deeper. So this brings me to the next point. Sometimes at the base of anger is a wound that needs to be acknowledged and dealt with. People get angry for all kinds of reasons. Psychologist Gary Collins, Christian psychologist, says, what causes anger is biology, sometimes a lack of sleep, uh, bad um, diet, and so on and so on. Sometimes it's stress, injustice, frustration, fear, uh, feel like you're being threatened. Um, Sometimes it's learned behaviour. We talked about that. But at the core of a lot of anger, rage is a wound. If you follow when the anger started... Many times, what you're going to find is a wound or a hurt. So, how do we deal with the wounds then? Because so it's not so much we're dealing with the anger. What we find as we follow the anger through is we find a wound. So, how do you deal with the wound? Talked about this before, but first thing we need to acknowledge is that the wound exists. I feel hurt. I feel angry. I feel upset. It's not bury it, it's not hide it, it's not deny the anger, it's not deny the emotions. It's acknowledge the reality that those emotions exist and the wound exists. That's number one. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The first step to healing is being truthful about the wound and the hurt that's in your life. It's to say something like this, this happened to me and it hurts. They said this to me and it really upset me. They did this and it made me angry. It's saying my upbringing was terrible. It's okay to acknowledge that. But but Pastor Joe, the Bible says, honour your mother and father. How can I honour my mother and father if I start to say my upbringing was terrible? We can still honour our parents and explore the dysfunction in that. In a safe way. Alamaya has preached an amazing message called the the parental paradox. You can get it on YouTube. Thoroughly recommend. And what, is, in essence, he says is is you know you, you when you eat chicken you you uh, you eat the meat and you throw out the bones. And with our upbringing, there's some good and there's the bad. We analyse the bad, but we don't hold our parents accountable because if you, if you think you're perfect, then, then you're really deceived. You know what I'm saying? We've all got stuff. And, and, but it's a, it's a question of stopping and let's, let's analyse that. It's okay. It's okay. We need to acknowledge the wound. I felt like there was a favourite child in my family. And it hurt me. Whenever they did, they could never do anything wrong. But whenever I did something, doesn't matter, doesn't matter what I did, it was never good enough. No one said that, but uh, all the messages were there. I tried hard, I tried really hard, but I could never please them. And there's a wound. A wound is formed. And we can deny that. Um, and we can let it affect us. Some for perfectionism, I've got to be careful what I say here, but some perfectionism in adulthood, extravagant perfectionism, like hyper-perfectionism, is a child trying to uh, get the approval of a parent. Still trying. <laughs> we acknowledge the wound. And then secondly, we find a way to release the emotions. We can express it to others, a counsellor, and it's great. The greatest place where we can express our pain is in the presence of God. It's where it begins. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. It might be to speak to someone. or it's to come before God and tell God exactly how we feel. A few weeks ago, we talked about Moses. In the place of Mara, bitterness, Moses cried out to God. In, his, in the place of the deepest wound, in the place of bitterness, what did, what did Moses He cried out to God. And it was there that God, it was there, it was in that place of bitterness that God revealed Himself As Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. For I am the Lord who heals you. Malachi also says, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. Number four, if we're going to deal with anger, we need to learn how to respond when angry. In our text, Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Be kind and compassionate instead. So how do we deal with anger? Well, first thing we need to do is deal with the anger, is take responsibility for it. Take responsibility for it. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. So often people say, well, she made me get angry. He made me get angry. My boss made me get, the government makes me get angry. The waiter, the, the, they made me get angry. No one can make you do anything. You can either choose to react with anger or you can respond with grace and mercy. The power is in your hands. Never give that power to anybody else. No, they didn't make you do anything. No one can make you do anything. You choose how to respond. Pastor Joe, that's not easy. Amen. Everybody said amen? Amen by the grace of God I had a situation I'm running out of time I had a situation I don't know a year ago two years ago vacuum cleaner broke down had it for about a year so the head there was a piece of felt that came off the, the vacuum cleaner so I bring the vacuum cleaner head back to the guy who where we bought it and I said uh, this piece of felt's come off and uh, you know it's still under warranty I think just got to check but I think it's still under warranty can you fix it he goes well you've obviously damaged it immediately like just off the cut. well you've obviously damaged it I said, well, look, I'm not sure. I think it just, well, you know, I said, look, I've just been vacuuming. I've got carpet and I've got some floorboards. Well, you probably, you know, caught it on a splinter in the, in the, in the, in the timber floorboards. I said, there floats are floating floor. <laughs> we're up to about here now, right? Uh, and this it's, guy is just attacking me. And, uh, uh, well, I don't think it'll be covered by the warranty, you know. Um, and, and, and I, I said, uh, he said, do you have the receipt? I said, well, no, I actually don't have the receipt. Can you check your records so that you can find out where did you buy in the last three months? No, well, why, why would I have the receipt then? You know, why would I have the record? <laughs> 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 We're up to here now, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, and he's just attacking. Like, it doesn't stop. He just keeps going. And, and, and then I got to, it just got here. And inside of my head, I'm having this little battle because I'm going, "Joe, get out of here quickly." And I said, "Well, can you at least?" It was firm, firm, t- firm tone. Can you at least check with the company if it's under warranty? And if not, well, that's fine. I'll pay for it. Got my rec- got my stuff, and I walked out. I got into the car. And I put my head on the steering wheel. And I said, "What was that? What was that?" And what made me get angry was not him; it was my response. This guy managed to get under my skin and make me, you know, like a Ferrari, zero to 100. I was at 100, you know, in three seconds. And, and I was, and I, that was what upset me. Anyway, I said, I'm not going to let this guy get under my skin. So I found the receipt immediately. I went back to the, I found the receipt, called him back. Said, I found the receipt, I've emailed it to you. Thank you so much for your help. Anyway, I left it at that. Four weeks later, vacuum clean is fixed. You can come pick it up, get a text, go back to get it fixed. I'm standing at the counter. I couldn't remember what the piece was called. It's the vacuum cleaner head. You know the, the nozzle. Let's call it the nozzle, right? I didn't, couldn't remember. So I get there. I say, uh, yes, can I help you? It's him again. Uh, (laughs) Can I help you? Yes. i have come to pick up the, um, the, uh, the, I couldn't remember what it was. He goes, well, you must be here for something. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Welcome to the store, man. Customer service is high in this store. Uh, I said, it's the, it's the vacuum cleaner head, the nozzle. You know, a piece of felt, goes out to the back, brings it back in. I said, just wondering if it was covered by, by warranty. Well, I'm not going to charge you, am I? This time I was ready for him, right? I was ready, I was ready for this. So he puts it in a bag, gives it to me. It was December because it was nearly Christmas. I said, thank you so much for your help. Have a Merry Christmas. I was smiling. And as I'm walking out, he starts smiling and I thought, yes, (laughs) I got him. (laughs) I got a smile. Point I'm trying to make is no one can make you do anything. We can either choose to react with anger or we can respond with grace. And the more I thought about it, I thought, no one just responds like this. I thought, oh, I'd love to sit down with this guy and just say to him, tell me your story. Tell me your story. There's got to be a story behind this. Um, Because it doesn't, people just don't act that way. But I made him smile. I thought, yes, I've got to win. It's not easy to respond with grace. It's why we need the grace of God. And as we feed our mind with the Word of God, truth of God's Word, confess the truths of the Bible as we crucify the sin nature, as Christ in us grows, as Christ in Christ in me, the hope of glory, as Christ in us grows, we respond more and more like Jesus does. I'm out of time. Um, one other verse. Uh, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. I always thought foothold was like someone putting a foot in the door, you know, and you know that. Put the foot in the door so the door doesn't close. And do not give the devil a foothold. Right? That's what I always thought. But if you should look at the Greek. It's, the word for foothold actually means room or a place. So when we attain, entertain anger, we give the enemy a room in our hearts. Now, I just want you to imagine something very quickly. And I'm going to wrap this up, right? Um, I want you to imagine that you're at home and anger knocks on your front door. All right? Anger is knocking on the front door. Door's closed. And you go out to answer the door, and you open the door. Anger's there. What do you see? What person do you see? It's anger personified. Do you see someone in a red suit with a pitchfork? <laughs> what do you see? What does anger look like? Here's what I see. I see anger. When I, see, when I think about it, I see anger looking like an amazing person. He's amazing. Polished. looks great softly spoken and you invite them into your house come and eat with me you talk to them as you start to talk to anger they are so filled with empathy they're amazing they, they seem to understand you like no one else can can understand they, did that happen to you? that's terrible that's awful you can't take that no that's not right and they start to no, I, I you know what, what's what, what I hate about situations—they're soft. What I hate about things like that, people get away—it's injustice. I just hate it. And they're talking and talking and talking, and they seem to understand you like no one else can. But they're taking you somewhere, and they will eventually destroy you. Because the Bible says, "Do not give a room to anger." Because if you do, you're actually not giving the room the anger. You're actually giving the room to, the Bible says, the devil. And sometimes he comes like sheep in sheep's clothes. Sometimes he's soft. It's the same like fear. I don't know when fear, uh, when fear knocks on your door. Hi, I'm fear. What do you see? Is that what fear looks like? No, are you serious? Fear is confident. Fear is sharp, intelligent. Fear says, I'm here to protect you. Trust me. I'm here to protect you. Got a whole team. We're going to protect you. I just need a room to be able to do my research. Sure, come in. Which room do you want? And we give a room to fear. And so all they want is the room. It's a foothold, it's a room. And once you give them a room, they're going to take over your house. And they're going to say, don't leave. Because there's germs everywhere. Don't leave. There's danger everywhere. Fear. The Bible says, get rid of all all bitterness. Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. For to deal with anger, first thing we need to do is take responsibility for 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 our reactions. Number two, understand the progression of anger. It leads to all kinds of malice, brawling, slander, um you hear about a lot of brawls that happen in the pubs why start drinking the defences go down and the anger and the anger comes out there's no no more nothing stopping it now it just pours out it's the progression of anger understand the power of forgiveness instead be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you anger kills forgiveness heals And I said before that at the core of anger, many times is a wound or a hurt. It's interesting that Paul says that the antidote is to forgive the person. You know, uh, it's gonna come to me in a minute, uh, the name of the book, Neil Anderson. Neil Anderson talks a lot about this forgiving wounds. And so often as Christians, we move straight to forgiveness. Gotta forgive, Bible says you gotta forgive. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, gotta forgive. And He says, we move too quickly to forgiveness. We need to acknowledge the wound, express the emotions. And He says, He says, um, you can never really forgive someone until there's been an expression of anger. That as we begin to choose the pathway of forgiveness, usually there's an expression of anger. That starts, you feel anger start to come. Where's it coming from? It's 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 part of the process of forgiveness. We start to get angry. And as we express it in a very safe place, which is where it should be, then we start to, we, we're, we're free and forgiveness is able to come in. And then, and then when forgiveness has done its work, we're able to change the narrative of whatever happened. It, the story changes. We think about that situation, but it no longer causes us anger. We pray. We think about our parental upbringing and instead of seeing all the bad, what we start to see is all the good. And We thank God for our upbringing. Paul says in Galatians, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not stand firm then and do not let yourselves again be put under a yoke of slavery. And Jesus came so that we could be free. And over the last few weeks, we've talked about bitterness, loneliness, addictions and anger. None of those issues are easy to deal with. And we've said ultimately, it's the grace of God, even with anger, it's the grace of God. It's the abilities of God to help us to become more and more like Jesus. So Pastor Joe, what's the first step to, to, to healing and to freedom? Well, our key verse has been, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The word know there in the Greek is the word ginosko. And the word ginosko there is a knowledge that is not based on information. It's not knowledge. That's another word for knowledge based on information. It's more... Um, based on relationship, intimacy. It's more based, it's a personal knowledge. It's like you know someone. It's that kind of knowledge. I know them. Um, Listen carefully. Truth is not information. Truth is a person. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And His name is Jesus. He's the truth. John describes Jesus as overflowing with tender mercy and truth. And I want you to know that God loves you. He loves you with tender mercy. cares about you. Thinks the world of you. Bible says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard. What God has prepared for those who love Him. Can't even imagine what God wants to do with your life. With your future. And when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you invite Jesus to be the Lord and Saviour of your life. You will experience the love of God. You'll experience acceptance, forgiveness. And one other thing you'll experience is freedom. Freedom. So Pastor Joe, what do I need to do? What's the first step? Tell me the first step. First step is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Will you stand with me? Pastor Joe, how do I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour? Do I have to join the church? Do I have to change religion? You know, what's the process, Pastor Joe? What are exactly? Well, you need to invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour. You don't. Know, it's, it's free. It's a gift. It's nothing you need to do. It's a, it's a gift. Salvation is a gift. You can't earn it. Religion says you have to earn it. Christianity says you can't earn this. It's a, it's a gift. It's a relationship that you can have with Jesus Christ. And how, what do I need to do? just begins by praying a, a simple prayer that invites Jesus into your heart and life. I'm going to put the prayer up Um, And this is essentially what the prayer says or derivative of this. Maybe there's someone here today, you've never ever given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. Pastor Joe, I just see all this stuff you're talking about. It's in me. Well, how do I deal with it? Number one, step number one is invite Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. And when you invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour, the Holy Spirit, Christ comes to dwell in you by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins a work in your life to form Christ in you the hope of glory hope of glory so what do I need to do pray a simple prayer like this it says Lord Jesus I give my life to you forgive me of my sins it's the prayer that Billy Graham in uh, led thousands and thousands of people in forgive me of my sins thank you for dying on the cross for my sins be the Lord of my life be the master be the the Lord of my life and and be my Saviour I want to follow you all the days of my life in Jesus name Amen and when you pray that prayer and that prayer you prayed from the depth of your heart and spirit from your heart the Bible says you will experience the miracle of salvation immediately I want every eye closed every head bowed Father, you saw every hand that was lifted. Father, you didn't make salvation complicated because it's received by, by faith through grace. I just pray for them right now. That something would shift in their hearts and lives. That this moment would be marked in their lives as a moment when they gave their life to Jesus. We recognise, Lord, that if we're going to be free, it's only by Your grace. And we cling to You, Father. We cling to Your grace. Give us the grace to reach out to You. Give us the grace to obey the promptings of the Spirit when You speak to us. Give us the grace to be everything that You've called us to be. We love You so much, Lord God. And we thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen.